Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. This is a message that's been on my heart for about a month. In actual fact, before we went to Nigeria, I was planning to preach this message here. But I just kept preaching something else as the Lord led me. But yesterday, as I was thinking and praying about what to share with you today, the Lord led me to this same message, which is a classic message of revival. I want to say classic. And it's the subject of the anointing. I want to read from chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 14. Chapter 4, we're going to read from verse 14. It says, And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee, and there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. And he taught in their synagogues, and being glorified of all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. I want you to take note of the fact that he found the place. I want to say he found the place. The reason he found the place was because he was intentionally looking for this place. Just think about if you're looking for something, you find it. You would say you found it. Is that correct? Jesus did not bump into this place in Isaiah by mistake. Jesus wanted to read this place in Isaiah because this place in Isaiah was a prophetic word about him. He spent, he spent the early days of his life before he was anointed. Spent the early days of his life studying the scriptures. That was the scriptures. He spent the early days of his life studying the scriptures. We see an account of Jesus in the temple at the age of 12. Talking to doctors and, and teachers of the law. Because he knew the word. He knew scriptures. We have a church today. When I speak of having a church today, I'm speaking in, in a general term. Believers who don't know scriptures. We have believers today who have no clue about what God's word says. And that is a sad state to be in. Because, you see, when trouble comes and when the enemy comes against you, you can't fight off the devil with your intellect. It's what you have on the inside that will push back on the tide of the devil. Come on, someone say amen. amen. So many are oblivious. So many are ignorant of what God's word says. Because they fail to study. They fail to give themselves to the study of the word. Paul wrote to Timothy, he says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman who needs not to be ashamed. Some people are so ashamed because they don't know scriptures. They are ashamed because they don't know the word. The enemy shames them. The enemy defeats them. Their lives are in total shambles because they do not have the word. But Jesus had the word. I said, Jesus had the word. Amen. See, Jesus was the word, but Jesus had the word. The Bible says in John 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. Come on, say amen. amen. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And there was nothing made that was made without him. And the word became flesh 
and dwelt among us. So Jesus was the word, but Jesus also had to study the written word. He was the living word, but he had to study the written word. Come on now, say amen. amen. And a lot of people are not giving time to the word. That is the reason why they are defeated by life situations. The word is a light unto your feet. The word is a lamp unto your path. If you want direction and purpose for your life, you've got to find God's word. Come on now, say amen. amen. You've got to take God's word at face value. You've got to study the word of God. You've got to put it in your heart because it is what you have in your heart that will direct your life. In Proverbs chapter 4, it says, My son, protect your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart will come forth the issues of life. It is what you put in your heart that will come out of your heart. And what you put in your heart will affect your life. And if you've put the word in it, the word will come forth and the word will change your life circumstances. My, your amen is very weak this morning. If you put the word in, the word shall come forth. But you've got to take the word, you've got to study the word, you've got to give attention to the word. My, my son, give attention to my word. Is it not interesting that what God has told us to give attention to is what many are not giving attention to? God knows that this is the thing that will put you over. God knows that this is the thing that will push back on the tide and the attack of the enemy if you have the word of God embedded in your heart. David prayed and said, Lord, open down mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Come on now, say amen. amen. It's time to go back to the word. It's time to give time to the word. Like Jesus did. That's the reason why when the enemy came and tempted him after he had fasted for 40 days, Jesus did not argue with Satan. Jesus said, it is written. Command a stone to be bread if you are the son of God. It is written, men shall not leave our bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. It is written. It is written. You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what is not real to you. Say amen, someone. And so the book was delivered unto him and he found a place. I can spend the whole day on that. He found a place. I won't say he found a place. He found a place where it was written. Verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. We can see that the anointing came upon Jesus. So which implies that Jesus depended on the anointing for his three and a half years of earthly ministry. And if Jesus depended on the anointing, you and I better depend on the anointing. The anointing is like a spiritual coat that covers us. We don't see the anointing with our naked eyes, but we can see the anointing with our spiritual eyes. Come on, say amen. We don't see the anointing with our naked eyes, but I tell you, when you begin to operate in the anointing, demons run. Amen. 
Because the anointing is also the manifested presence of God. And there's so many places where the anointing is not, uh, 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 does not reside. So many places where the anointing is not manifest. But here we must create an atmosphere where the anointing can move. Because it is the anointing that sets people free. Come on now, say amen. amen. So if Jesus depended on the anointing to carry out his three and a half years of early ministry, I believe we also have to depend on the anointing to carry out what God's called us to do. Is there anyone here with a vision? If you have a vision, lift your hand. What God has called you to do can only be accomplished by the anointing. Because what God calls a man to do is always bigger than the man. Therefore, the man needs supernatural equipping to get the job done. And the anointing is the supernatural equipment to do what God has called you to do. The anointing is not exclusive to preachers, apostles and prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers. No, the anointing is not exclusive to us. The anointing is for every believer. Come on now, say amen. amen. Every believer can be anointed. Every believer must understand that there is a place, there is a time when the anointing comes on you. Like in the case of Jesus, as you see there, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he hath anointed me. In other words, Jesus had a place and a time when he was anointed. And I remember when I was anointed. I gave my heart to Christ and it took me three years to be anointed. Because a lot of times you go to places and all they emphasize is salvation. Salvation is great, but salvation is the entry point. Come on now. Salvation is the entry level. You get born again. You come into the family of God. But when you get born again and come into the family of God, God wants to empower you to deal with life problems. One of the first things that Jesus said when you started a great commission is the ability to deal with the demonic. He that believeth in me, the works that I do shall he do also. What were the works of Jesus? One of the major works that Jesus did was dispelling devils and casting them out. And whenever Jesus showed up in a place, demons began to scream. Because he was anointed. Come on now, say amen. amen. In Acts 10, 38, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with what? Power. So power comes along with the anointing. That's why we say the anointing is the power of God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. Healing all those who were oppressed of the devil. Because God was with him. The anointing is the presence of God with you. The anointing is the clothing of God. The anointing is like the coat of many colors. Come on now, say amen. amen. When that anointing comes upon you, you are empowered. God is with you. Everywhere you go, devils run. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. 
Everywhere you go, you carry the signature of heaven. You carry the branding of heaven. You carry the touch of God. Everywhere you go, the move of God will be made manifest. If the devil was in operation before you got there, the moment you get there, the activities of darkness must stop. I am so tired of Christians running here and there, scared of the devil, running helter-skelter, running like a chicken with his head chopped off. We shouldn't be running from the devil. We should be the ones running the devil out of town. Because Jesus was anointed and so are you. And if you are not, you can. Come on now, say amen. You see, God will never promise us something that he would not deliver. Because that will be God's justice challenged. And God's a God of justice. If God told you you can have the anointing, it means you can. If God said Jesus had it, it means you can. Because Jesus is our yardstick. I said Jesus is our yardstick. Jesus is my example. And if he was anointed, I can be anointed. Come on now, say amen. And I tell you, God wants each one anointed here today. God wants you anointed with a fresh oil. God wants you anointed with the power of the Holy Ghost. God wants the fire of God to fall upon you. Because when it does, your life will never be the same again. It, ha, it's not going to be business as usual. I'm feeling it even as I speak. It will not be business as usual. Your life will never be the same again. All the bondage of the enemy must fall off of your life. Because it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. Praise God. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Where was he anointed? He was anointed at the river Jordan. He was put in the river, baptized, immersed, deep, completely. And when he came up out of the river, the Bible says the Holy Ghost came upon him like a dove. The Holy Ghost is not a bird. He came like a dove. Come on now, say amen. And that was the place. Where Jesus was anointed by God the Father. The Bible says the heaven opened up and the Father spoke out of heaven and said, This is my beloved Son. In other words, the Father speaking from heaven, the Son standing in the river and the Holy Ghost upon him like a dove. That is a triune God. For those who don't have an understanding of the Trinity, that is the Trinity right there. Father speaking from heaven, the Holy Ghost upon Jesus, and Jesus in the water. That is the Trinity right there. The Bible said there are three that bears record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit, and these three are one. We don't have three gods. We have one God manifested in three persons. That is simple to understand. I don't understand those religious people. We don't understand the Trinity. Oh, you have three gods? No, we don't have three gods. We have one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord thy God is one. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all thine might. And that is the word of God. Can someone say amen? amen. A God is one God, not three gods. Tell someone, my God is one God. But it's manifested in three persons. He's manifested as the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Come on now, say amen. amen. And I, I can stand here this morning, I can tell you that we are in the dispensation of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 
How be it when he, the spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will show you things to come. He'll take from me and he will deliver unto you. I say he'll take from me because all that I have belongs to the Father. And he'll take from me and he'll deliver to you. He will not glorify himself, but he will glorify me. That is why when the Holy Ghost shows up, he always glorifies Jesus. That's the reason why when you, when you hear someone preach and Jesus is not the center of the message, that message is not of God. The Holy Ghost always comes to glorify Jesus. He doesn't come to glorify a man. He doesn't come to glorify a church. He comes to glorify one person and his name is Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Come on now, say amen. That's the reason in Acts 19, the Bible says when, when Saul came to the region of Ephesus, the Bible says he found, he found about 12 men that uh, he spoke to. He said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He said, we've not heard anything about the Holy Spirit. He said, then in whose baptism were you baptized? He said, in the baptism of John. He said, yeah, John truly baptized with water unto repentance. But he said, he that's coming after me is mightier than I am, whose shoes I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And the Bible says that Paul laid his hands upon these guys, and they all received the Holy Ghost, and they began to prophesy. Paul malahatelevei. Kenehidabasi. Prophecy is not possible except by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. And we, we are a supernatural church. Prophecy is supernatural. The anointing is supernatural. The Holy Ghost is supernatural. The fire of God is supernatural. Come on now, say amen. amen. And God wants everyone in this place to rise up to the place of the supernatural. Come on now, where you are casting devils out on Monday. That this is not just confined to a church. Because a lot of people don't know how to apply this anointing outside church. This is not confined to a church alone. When you leave this place on Monday, you are flowing in the spirit. On Tuesday, you are prophesying. On Wednesday, you are casting devils out. On Thursday, you are telling the sick, rise up and be healed. On Friday, you are telling the creeper, come out of your wheelchair. And on Saturday, my God, I don't even know what you're going to do on Saturday. But on Saturday, somebody might be raising the dead. You might just walk into a place and someone is dead. And my God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost comes upon you. And you tell the dead to come back to life. And I tell you, as you release the word of the Lord, wherever they are, they'll hear the voice of God. And the dead will rise up and you will be amazed at what God will do in your life. I hope you know I'm prophesying even right now that God is going to do amazing, amazing things through your life. Praise God. Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he hath anointed me. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What's the gospel to the poor? You don't have to be poor anymore. <laughs> He has sent me to, to heal broken hearts. I have come to the place where I understood, this was many years ago, that people come to church and they look cute, but that don't mean everything is fine. Some people are wearing their best Armani suits and they sit there with their $500 tie, but my God, there was third world war happening on the inside. Not all that glitters is gold. 
Some come here, they look nice, they look cute, they look, my God, they wear their makeup, you think they are Miss Universe. <laughs> but, 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 but you don't know, you don't know, you don't know what they're dealing with. Some people are heartbroken, heartbroken for so many reasons. And Jesus said, I've come and the anointing is upon me to heal broken hearts. Amen. In other words, the anointing comes upon us for a reason. People say, Lord, increase the anointing upon my life. My question to you is, why do you need it? The anointing is not given to us so that we roll on the floor in the church. Even though we do that, praise God, I roll on the floor, I enjoy it. The anointing is not just given to us so that we run around the church and shout fire, fire, fire. The anointing is given to us so that we are empowered to go out there and set the captives free. Amen. And I want you to understand the book of Acts as the blueprint for the New Testament church shows us that no believer was running here and there looking for deliverance. No believer was running here and there looking to be set free from generational curses. All the believers in the book of Acts were so empowered. They knew who they were. They knew whom they belonged to. They knew the power that resided on the inside of them. And they went out there. The Bible says wherever they went, people were walking and leaping and praising God. The Bible says wherever they went, they were turning cities and nations upside down. Wherever they went, they were casting out devils. They were operating in the power of God because they knew who they were. Today we have a church that does not know who they are. We have a church that's running from deliverance service to deliverance service. We have a church that is so brainwashed with the whole generational curse. Yes, there is what we know as generational curse, but I'm here to also tell you that's what we know as generational blessing. The Bible says that the curse is to the fourth generation, but the blessing is to 1,000 generation. And I can tell you that Jesus has introduced us into the blessing. The curse is not upon our lives because Jesus set us free. Jesus paid the price and on the cross of Calvary, he said, it is finished. What does that mean? It means everything the enemy had upon us was totally removed. It means the curse was removed. It means the sickness was removed. It means the sin was removed. It means the bondage was removed. And my Bible says, if the Son shall set you free, you will be free indeed. And if He has set you free, don't let nobody lie to you and tell you you have a curse upon your life when you have the blessing. Because as a man thinketh, so is a man. The more you think about the curse, the more you see the manifestation of the curse. But the more you think about the blessing, the more you see the glory, the more you see the anointing, the more you see the favor of God, the more you see the hand of God upon your life. Come on, if you believe it, give the Lord your biggest shout of praise the Lord. No one ran all over the place in the book of Acts. Paul was so full of God. Peter was so full of God. The Bible says they brought people out on the street so that the shadow of Peter might fall on them. Come on now, say amen. amen. That his shadow might fall on them. Hmm. Just think about this, your shadow healing people. Think about it, your, sh your shadow. You're not even touching them. It's just your shadow casting dem demons out. Some people can't even blow their nose. Not to talk about shadow doing nothing. But the reason is because of the kind of message that we've been listening to. We've listened to messages that have ripped everything we have off of us. We've listened to messages that have brought us to the place where God has brought us out from. And when I say we, I'm speaking in general terms now. Because I'm sitting up there. 
I say, I'm sitting up there. I'm sitting up there in heavenly places. Far above principalities. Powers. Above every name. Above every title. That can be conferred. Not only in this age. But also in the age that's to come. All things put under my feet. That's the word of God. I choose to believe that. I choose to believe that. Some people take some old covenant and some new covenant and they mix them up and they make it their own covenant. I'm not living the old covenant. I'm living the new covenant. Jesus said a new commandment I give unto thee. What does the new commandment do to the old? Pardon? What does the new commandment do to the old? What do you mean when you say this is new? That is old. It means the old is obsolete. It means the new has replaced the old. That's what it means. What's wrong with religious people? A new commandment I give to thee. And this new commandment, the Bible says, we have been given great and precious promises. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. We don't live under the old, we live in the new. Come on now, say amen. We live in the new. We live in the new. We have a new covenant. We are God's covenant people. We are free. We are free. We have been delivered. I pray someone gets it. We, we have been delivered. We are not going to be delivered. Because we were delivered. Except you are not born again here this morning. Then you will be born again. And when you get born again you will be delivered. Trying to do what Jesus did not finish. It's the message that's rampant today. And I know they don't say it that way. But really if you think about it. That's what they mean. The work Jesus did was not perfect. Let's help him out. Because on the cross he said it will finish soon. <laughs> Church come help me. I'm trying here. Church, please help me. I'm in a 12-round boxing match with the devil. Can the church please step into the ring? The church please step into the ring and rescue me. Help me deliver. Help me deliver you from the devil. Oh, yeah. You know I'm touching those sensitive nerves right now. Help me, help, help me deliver you from the devil. No, listen. You didn't need to do anything to be delivered. All that needed to be done for you to be delivered was done. Amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. How God anointed Jesus. So the anointing comes for a reason. For a reason. He went about doing good. Setting the captives free. Preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Come on now, say amen. amen. Preaching deliverance to the captives. Not praying deliverance over the captives. But preaching deliverance to the captives. Yeah. I can pray deliverance over you. But when you leave the church. The enemy will mess you up again. That's what Jesus meant when he said. When the devil is cast out of a man. He walks around dry places. And he says to himself. Even the devil sometimes is more intelligent than some people. The devil says to himself, even the devil knows that he had a house. 
The devil, the demon said to himself, he says to himself, my house, I was evicted two weeks ago. They gave me quick notice, but I want to go back. And so he gets for himself seven more demons, more wicked than he is. Why does he get seven? And why does he get wicked ones? <laughs> why does he get vicious devils? Why does he get those stronger than him? Because he does not want to be evicted again. Because he knows that, look, that man of God that cast me out a week ago will come back. And if he comes back, he has to deal with eight of us now. <laughs> oh, yeah. He has to deal with eight of us now. And I can't just let him deal with me like he dealt with me a week ago. I have seven stronger demons. And before he gets me, he has to get the seven. Are you listening now? So we don't pray deliverance. We preach deliverance. Because when we pray deliverance and the person seems to be set free at the moment, the demon will come back. The reason why the demon will have access into the person, you notice what Jesus said, that when the demon came back, the demon saw that the place was clean and empty. The place was clean because the demon was no more there. But the place shouldn't be empty. The place was empty because the man was not anointed. The place was empty because the man was devoid of God's word. And so when the demon came back and saw that the place was clean and empty, the demon got himself seven more demons and they entered the man. And Jesus said the present state became worse than the former state. Because the man was empty. When we preach deliverance, the demons don't just come out, but the man is filled. Are you getting that? The man is filled with fire. The man is filled with faith. The man is filled with the anointing. The man is filled with power. And when the demon tries to come back, the demon will see the place is clean, but the place is filled. Mm. That's why Jesus preached deliverance. Jesus did not pray deliverance. He preached it. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. So the anointing comes on you for a reason. Did you get that? See, these last days we must go for the anointing. These last days. There is need to contend for the anointing. And every single day we must crave for a fresh anointing. Every day. You can't just dwell on yesteryear's anointing. You need a fresh one. Come on now. Some of you look like you need a fresh anointing today. Some of you are even sleeping. And it's in messages like that that devil makes people sleep. You're not sleeping because of me. You're sleeping because of you. Let me check people out here. Some are looking at their phone. 
Is this place hot? Now they increase the AC. <laughs> no, because when the place is hot, people sleep. People sleep when it's hot. Turn the thing on. Let people catch cold and wake up. You can't sleep in a message like that. Like this. This is what you need. Fresh. 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 My God, interesting Sunday crowd here, I'm telling you. <laughs> I, like, I like Wednesday crowd. Anyway, <laughs> I like this one too, praise God. But anyways, let's continue. Um, so, everyone said the anointing. Fresh anointing. Say the anointing is the presence of God. The anointing is the signature of heaven. That's an approval. I'm in that service. You've, you've been to some services. My God. Pastor has been preaching for five minutes. People thought he was preaching for 20. Because. <laughs> but you've been to some services. The pastor is preaching for an hour. And people thought he's just preaching for 10 and even when the service is over, nobody wants to go. We had that in Ghana. People didn't want to leave. I finished, gave the microphone back to the pastor. We go into his office. People were still praising God. Friday night, finished ministering. People didn't want to leave. They started screaming, all night, all night, all night. Oh, I'm not kidding you. The church fasted and prayed for two weeks before we came. Hunger. I kept telling them, sit down. When I'm preaching, they get up, sit down. <laughs> they couldn't contain themselves. I've kept I kept telling you, don't don't despise what we have in this place. Don't get used to this. Because people need it. I like what Terry said. Was it Terry that said that? Yeah. What Gloria, sorry. Don't get used to the window. Is it not the anointing? People are hungry for this. Pastor gets up. His wife gets up. Churches get up. Yeah. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. God bless it. Go ahead. Take your seat. Five more minutes. Hey. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. They were screaming all night, all night. Let's go all night. Because they wanted to go all night and finish at 5 a.m. But the meeting, the meeting started at um, about 6 p.m. They wanted to go all night till 5 a.m. Let's do all night today. <laughs> 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 Let's go all night today. Let's see what you will do. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just uh, I'm telling you, it, this meeting will just turn into what Jesus had. When he was done preaching, everybody left. <laughs> some people look like they want to go. 
Pastor, finish. Let's go home. Okay, I'm about to finish. I'm going to close the service right now. Come on, say amen. amen. No, at least some of you are laughing now, so it's good. It's good. We, we add humor to the message. To get some people to crack up and get some people to smile. Some people just need a smile. Praise God. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on, say amen. amen. So the anointing is God's presence. The anointing is God's equipment to do the job. The anointing is empowerment from heaven. And everyone needs the anointing. And, and let me just finish out by saying, like I said earlier on, the anointing is not exclusive to preachers. Those that are called into the marketplace need to yield to the anointing. God will anoint you in the field where he has for you. And there are many spheres of life that God wants the church to take over. Government, academia, marketplace, education. Just name it. God wants the church to rise up. The anointing is not just for church. The anointing is for business. The anointing is not just for church. The anointing is to be a godly mother. The anointing is not just for church. The anointing is to be the best school teacher. The anointing is not just for church. The anointing is to be the best at whatever God's called you to do. The anointing is not just for church. The anointing needs to operate and manifest in and through your life on Monday to Saturday. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come on now, say amen. amen. The anointing will give you abilities. The anointing will give you the wisdom of God. The anointing will give you grace. The anointing will enable you, empower you. The anointing will put you ahead of the enemy. Come on, say amen. amen. You've got to learn how to apply the anointing on a daily basis. Praise God. Because the moment you start talking about anointing, people start talking about, thinking about healing the sick and raising the dead and casting out demons and all that. But no, you need the anointing on a daily basis to do what God called you to do. And let me see. I just begin to feel like I might just speak along these lines also at the AAC. Amen. You need empowerment from heaven to do what you're called to do. Praise God. Someone say amen. Come on, someone say amen. amen. So God will empower you. God will grace you. God will, God will rub on you this holy anointing oil. Amen. As an African, I understand what the Bible means when it talks about the anointing. Because the word to anoint is to smear. It means to rub upon. And you know, as Africans, we, we put lotion on our bodies when we come out of the bathroom. Because if you don't put lotion on your skin, sometimes it begins to break. It gets dry and it just breaks. So you want to put lotion on your skin and just keep it moist. So to anoint is to smear. It's to rub. So God takes this holy anointing empowerment and rubs you all over. Right? And you carry the fragrance of heaven. <laughs> Hallelujah. You carry the fragrance of heaven. You walk into a place. Whoo. Somebody has come into this place. Something is different. The atmosphere has changed. Yeah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. 